You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So we're into questions of shared space and we're going to deal for the next few Mishnayot with questions of water. Effectively, the, the, the Mishnah is closing this section with questions of water. And it's going to begin with the question of two courtyards and a well which is sitting between them. And again, I I, I want to pre- present you with this picture because the Mishnah is not completely, it, it's difficult to understand what the Mishnah is talking about, but the picture is very, very clear. And you can see that the, um, sorry, there's a bit of feedback on the line, that you can see that the well is actually sitting between the two courtyards. So the water might possibly be in one rushut or the other rushut. I mean, clearly, if there's an error between the two courtyards or the courtyards are joined, then there will be no problem at all. But we're talking about a situation where there's no error between the courtyards. And, uh, well, okay, let's have a look at the Mishnah. A well between two courtyards. We just don't fill up from it on Shabbat because we're carrying we're carrying the water from one private domain to the other private domain. Both, whichever way we do it, whichever way we do it, we do it, we're mixing the water. Maybe we can make a partition. Maybe we can make a partition to separate, to divide up the well. A t- partition, and we know is the critical mass for a partition. So maybe we can make a partition for it, 10 hands breadth high. And here the Mishnah, at least in the Kaufman manuscript, which is the one we're following, says, Either below, that seems to me below the surface of the water. So we might put a, uh, we might sink a partition in below the surface of the water for ten tefachim, or mitoch ogmor, just from its rim. So maybe the water, the water could be way below the rim of the well, right? You know, on a dry day, you have to go along, quite a long way down to get water from a well. But the the other possibility in the Mishnah seems to be, we look, we just put in the partition below the rim of the well, and each courtyard can dip into it from its own side. So effectively we're maintaining some kind of, I would say, halachic fiction that the two, the well is split into two domains because the rabbis know perfectly well that physically the water mixes, right? Underneath the water mixes. And in fact, even just a partition of ten tefachim, even if it's below the water, well, clearly the water's going to flow backs and forwards. But somehow, halachically, we've made a division in this well. Whether it's sub below the water or whether it's on top of the water we've made a division and at this point the rabbis are satisfied now there is another version of this mishnah by the way which um the, which which appears in most printed editions and actually the second half of the mishnah might refer to it the the other version of the mishnah says um either on below, but also another possibility, maybe above, maybe we can put the partition above the well. And Rabbi, Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel is going to refer to this. Rabban Shimon ben Gamel Omer, 
Rabban Shimon ben Gamayel says, Beit Shammai omrim milamata, Beit Shammai say below. Remember, Beit Shammai are strict. And of course, putting a partition in below the water, some kind of sub, sub-aqua engineering project, that's a difficult thing to do. But we know Beit Shammai are strict. So Beit Shammai are strict, milamata, milamata uveit Hillel omrim. This is the opinion which is lost in the Kaufman manuscript in the beginning of our Mishnah. Uveit Hillel omrim, milamala, Beit Hillel say above. Amar Rabbi Yuda, lot hei you know, Rabbi Yudas says, look, the Mechitza doesn't have to be any bigger than the wall between the two courtyards. Look, Rabbi Yudas saying, look, guys, I've got a wall already between my two courtyards. Why do I need an extra partition? And we're going to see, as we go through other examples of water flowing in and out of courtyards, that Rabbi Yudah will maintain this view and will come back to it. So we've begun with the well that's between the courtyards. Let's think for a sec about a, a stream, a, um, a watercourse, an irrigation channel that is actually running into the courtyard from outside. And I haven't drawn this one, but I, I think we can probably imagine, you know, you could have a courtyard, actually a bit like the photo of the courtyard that we looked at Yesterday, look, here's the courtyard in Morocco. Actually, there's a pool in it. But you can easily imagine that that pool is fed by a stream or an irrigation channel, which is running in from outside. And the question is then going to be, well, OK, what's the status of that water which is running in from outside the courtyard? And the Mishnah is going to begin by saying, A water channel that passes through uh, a courtyard. We don't fill up from it from on Shabbat. It's exactly the same language, by the way, as the previous Mishnah, which said, These, the sequence of Mishnayot, have a similar poetic structure and a similar literary structure. They're all going to finish off with Rabbi Yehuda at the end. You get a feel here that we are into Mishnahic poetry. A water channel that passes through a courtyard. We don't draw water from it on Shabbat. Unless, unless. Unless we make a partition for it. We're back to our partition. When it comes in or when it comes out. So the water is going to pass through a partition because the water stream itself is, um, in halachic terminology, it's a caramelite. It's a, a caramelite is a sort of in-between space between public and private. But we can't carry from a caramelite into a private domain. So that watercourse running through the courtyard if we don't take care about the partition, then we're going to have a caramelite right in the middle of our courtyard. And we can't draw from this. In other words, that, that pool, that pool in the middle of the courtyard is going to have the status of a caramelite. Whereas all around it has the status of, well, it's the courtyard, it's Rushut HaYachid, once we've got the Eruv. And we can't draw from a caramelite 
into a private domain. So what are we going to do? We're going to put a partition up at the entrance and at the exit of this water so that inside the courtyard it becomes a private domain. Let's come back to the Mishnah. Let's come back to Rabbi Yudah. Because we know Rabbi Yudah is going to have the same comment. Rabbi Yudah says, Rabbi Yudah Omer, Kotel she'al gaba tidon mishum mechitza. The wall above it may be regarded as a partition. Rabbi Yudah is quite satisfied with the wall around the courtyard. And of course the water is going to be flowing underneath that wall as it comes into the courtyard. So Rabbi Yudah says, Guys, you've got a wall already. You've got a wall. Don't worry about it. And he's got a, an example to back himself up. Amar Rabbi Yudah. We've talked before, by the way. Amar Rabbi Yudah. Ma'ase Avel. It happened with the water channel of Avel. And again, we've talked before that there are different ways of learning halacha, whether we learn it from a drush or whether we learn it from a teaching. Rabbi Eliezer likes to learn what, likes to teach what his teachers taught him. And... We can also learn it from an example. And we've seen before examples that are used to learn halacha from. And here's an example. There was a the water channel of Avel. And the sages would allow people to draw water from it on Shabbat. And they said to him, they said to him, look, you can't learn from this example. It wasn't of the necessary size. Now, why is size necessary? Well, a watercourse has to be a certain size to qualify as a Karamelit. And we learned this actually in the Mishnah of Shabbat. I don't know whether you remember on the 11th chapter of the Mishnah of Shabbat, we learned that someone who throws four cubits in the sea is exempt. And then we learned if there's a pool of water, if there's a pool of water and the public road crosses it, someone who throws is liable. And then the Mishnah asked, OK, how deep is a pool of water? And the Mishnah answered, less than 10 tefachim. A pool of water has got to be less than 10 tefachim. Once it's more than 10 tefachim, it has a different status. And I think we're saying in this Mishnah, in Eruvin, the, the water channel wasn't 10 tefachim. It doesn't have the status of the caramelet. It's just a puddle, basically. And if there's a puddle, you, it's, you can draw for water from it Shabbat anyway. What about, what about a situation not where the water's running through the courtyard, but it's running along the edge of the courtyard and there's a balcony sticking out. And they would perhaps dr uh, drop, a, uh, a, um, drop a bucket through a hole in the balcony into the well or into the water course in order to get their water. So that's the last example we're going to deal with today. What about a balcony situated above water? Same structure. Ein mamalim hemenu b'shabat. These three Mishnah are all the same. Ein mamalim hemenu b'shabat. You don't draw water from it on Shabbat. Except. Unless they made for it a partition of ten tefachim, ten hands breadths, either above or below. And it goes the same, by the way, if there are two balconies. Maybe we got two balconies. One balcony on top of the other balcony. And maybe there is some kind of hole 
in um, both balconies so that the guys on the top balcony can drop a bucket through the hole on the bottom balcony and then right the way down into the water. So we're not only taking from the caramelite, which is the water, into the private domain, which is the balcony, but we're actually going through one private domain into another private domain because we're going to cross the first balcony before we get to the second balcony. And this, again, this, you know, this will remind us of the questions of one courtyard inside another courtyard. So what's the Mishnah going to tell us to do? Um, two, also two balconies, one on top of the other. They made a machitza um, for the upper one, but not for the lower one. They're both prohibited. We're going to rely on the fact that in order to get to the upper balcony, we need to get through the lower balcony. So making making a part, we, we're going to make a partition 10 hands breadths high, either above or below. But it seems as though the 10 hands breadths high partition has to somehow cover the area of both balconies. It can't, or at least it can't, cover just the upper one. I guess if it covered the lower one, it would suffice for the lower one okay. But if it's just for the upper one, neither can use it. The lower one hasn't got a partition, and the upper one isn't allowed to go through the space belonging to the lower one. Except ad sheye arvu, unless they make an eruv. And of course, if the um, owners of both balconies make an eruv, then of course they can happily drop well, with the partition, of course, they can happily drop a bucket from either balcony into the water source and draw it up and drink from it on Shabbat. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.